I have to start out this video by saying that for me to decide to do a video on kindness, things in the world have to be really, really bad. Why? Because this is not a new concept. This is something that spiritual teachers have been teaching forever. This is something that they taught us in kindergarten. Remember, it's that sunshine, gumdrops, and roses, Pollyanna, be kind to your neighbors type of thing. Now, we all think because of this, we get it. But we don't. People don't get the concept of kindness. This video is relevant no matter what's happening in the world, because in this current modern times, it's relevant. However, as I'm filming this, what we have going on in the world is a pandemic crisis on top of a recession economically, on top of rioting and protesting that's happening because of racism and police brutality. If I was to sum up the dominant shadow in the human race today, it's hostility. And it just so happens that the antidote to hostility is kindness. By the time that most people reach adulthood, they have acclimatized and desensitized to the level of hostility and harshness in the world and in human society. Now, you probably don't remember it today, but I'm going to tell you this. That process of acclimatization was incredibly painful for you to undergo. That adaptation process was full to the brim with things like shame, aloneness, disappointment, disillusionment, the acceptance of the reality of many painful truths, and the reality of unsafety. The development of distrust and fragmenting internally is a coping mechanism. But the saddest part in all of this process is that you split as a result of it. You buried your vulnerability. You underwent a process of hardening. Many of you became harsh and hostile in certain ways so as to exist in a harsh and hostile world. But by doing so, you became part of the problem and made the world even more harsh. If you haven't done so already, I want you to watch my video titled Fragmentation the Worldwide Disease. In this video, I described this process of splitting, how you took the vulnerable parts of yourself, the parts of you that so desperately crave and are capable of kindness, and you hid them. And what you pulled to the forth was any part of your consciousness that was capable of keeping you safe, parts that can protect you. The thing is, those parts that you put forth to the world, their primary concern is personal safety. When personal safety becomes the number one priority of a physical embodied being, then it becomes a very inauthentic, narcissistic world. Why? Because when your priority is self, and you don't include others in the self, then you're only thinking about your own best interests. All that happens is a world full of zero-sum games. Anytime a person feels threatened, the sensations in the body that are associated with a threat actually trigger those parts of your consciousness that are designed to protect you to the foreground. So what you're seeing in the hostility in the world today when you're looking out at the world is a whole bunch of protector parts of consciousness that are all interacting with each other. Now, let's look at the common archetypes of aspects of consciousness that are designed to protect you. In other words, let's take a look at the typical archetypes of people that have a specific strategy for staying safe. A war general who goes to war with others. A manager that starts to boss everyone around and control everyone. 
a person who plays a victim so that other people protect them, a cynic who prevents themselves from disappointment by filling the world with negativity, a loner who withdraws from everyone to be nowhere near the threat. Now I want you to imagine that when anybody is threatened, let's take a group of people, when a group of people is threatened in some way, they each shift into one of these archetypes. So what you're looking at in the world today is a war general running around with a cynic, running around with an avoidant, running around with somebody who's playing victim control dramas. Does the world make more sense today? This is a problem because each one of them perceives themselves as being made unsafe by others, not as being the one who is making others unsafe. So everyone perceives themselves to be in defense mode. But when somebody goes into defense mode, how is it perceived on the outside? As offense. And so it simply creates this never-ending vicious cycle of everyone feeling like they're on the defense, and by virtue of doing that, becoming more unsafe to everyone else. And so everyone else has to be in their protector aspects. Kindness is what people need to break free from that vicious cycle and to allow the more vulnerable elements of their being to surface again, which can then make everyone else in the world safer. Therefore, we must make a practice of kindness. We must be the first to act kind instead of asking the world to be kind to us first. If we don't do this, we just end up in this never-ending game of you lay your shield down first, throw down your weapons, no you! then it never ends. So to help with your practice of kindness, I'm going to give you a list of some things that you can do. My first thing that I'm going to tell you to do is to work with the parts of yourself that don't want to be kind, or the parts of yourself that are only being kind for the sake of their own personal best interests. In other words, work with your own protector parts that have developed ways of staying safe that enhance the harshness coldness, separation, rigid thinking, violence, narcissism, stinginess, indifference, and unfriendliness in the world. But work with them with kindness. Kindness does not make you weak, vulnerable, permissive, stupid, or naive. These projections that we have about people who are kind are completely inaccurate. To understand this, and also how to do this, I want you to watch two of my videos. Parts work. What is parts work and how to do it? And there's no such thing as self-sabotage. Two, start with yourself. In a mirror-based construct, which is what this time-space reality that you call physical life as a human is, it makes no sense to be unkind to yourself and kind to others. How could you be more gentle, soft, understanding, warm, compassionate, affectionate, friendly, generous, and considerate with yourself? One way to figure out the answer is to figure out what being kind to other people would look like and then do those things to yourself. But I'll give you some examples. Understand yourself instead of deprecate yourself. Help yourself or get help instead of shaming yourself for needing help. Engage in activities that nourish you and make you feel soothed. Do things that bring you joy. Make sure parts of you are in alignment before taking an action rather than bulldozing yourself. Take care of yourself and your needs. Remind yourself of your excellent qualities. Treat every day like a fresh beginning, etc. Three, it's easy to let your guard down and really love and be kind towards vulnerable things. It's much harder to do that when you perceive something as being a threat or dangerous or hostile. This is why loving your enemy is one of the most difficult practices. But until you're there, there's a little hack you can use. I want you to start to look for the vulnerable part that is being hidden behind 
whatever protector part of someone's consciousness you are meeting. For example, if someone's avoiding contact with you and is not looking at you in the eye and doesn't respond to you when you say hi, try to see the part of them that's terrified of people, including you, maybe the part that's hiding in a corner not knowing what else to do other than isolate. If someone's screaming and angry at someone else, see the powerless, desperate part of them that's smashing against a door that will not open. When you're out in the world, make a practice of looking for that hidden, vulnerable part, and then live according to this question. How would I act, and how would I be more loving towards that part? 4. Commit to doing whatever it takes to really understand someone. We spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how to love someone in a way that they will actually feel loved. But it's not going to work that way. In order to get somebody to feel loved by us, or to really feel like we're being kind, we have to understand them. So I'm going to go so far as to say you got to stop trying to love people and start trying to understand them. Because when you come to an understanding of someone, you already know what their needs and desires are. You already know the ways in which they would feel the most taken into account by you and considered by you. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Stop Trying to Love Them and Start Trying to Understand Them. Another reason why this strategy works is because, as a general rule, the more that you understand about something, the less you fear it, the less of a threat you perceive it to be. There's a reason why shark experts find it so easy to be loving towards sharks. 5. Give to give, don't give to receive. Pure kindness is not dependent upon an audience or on a return. It's true that if you take somebody as a part of yourself, suddenly their best interests are a part of your best interests, but we tend to be quite transactional when it comes to kindness. It's almost like this strings-attached way of making sure we get our own needs met by being kind. For this reason, it will benefit you to watch my video titled Cut the Invisible Strings. But here's a side note. It's really important that you find whatever parts of you that might be using kindness in this string-attached way to get its needs met and be able to lovingly meet its needs directly so it doesn't have to manipulate in that way anymore. Six, in your day-to-day -day life, look for, take advantage of, or create opportunities to be kind to other people in your day-to-day -day life. When you're at the checkout counter, compliment or strike up conversation with the store clerk. Let someone pass in front of you, smile at people. Look to find a meeting of minds in a conflict, help someone out. Offer a hug or embrace. Lift a person up with something you say or do. Do a deed without taking a picture of yourself doing it or bragging about it. Listen to people and ask questions with the energy of wanting to understand them. Make a child feel seen by you. Pick up litter you didn't throw. Make a donation. There are lists upon lists of random acts of kindness that you can look at. Look for these opportunities and ways to be perceived as safe and friendly to others. When an opportunity presents itself, be gentle, soft, affectionate, understanding, warm, compassionate, friendly, generous, and considerate with them. A good question to ask yourself is, how can I make myself safe for them? There's a time and a place for all energies in the universe, even the ones that people tend to label as unkind. For example, a lot of people would not consider brutal honesty to be particularly kind, but there are certain situations where that's actually really in alignment for somebody to do for the sake of somebody else's best interests. Another example, people think competition is not kind and has to be eliminated from the planet Earth, but there are specific situations and circumstances where competition is incredibly healthy and, in fact, in alignment. The reality is, the parts of ourselves that are fragmented 
tend to mislabel and misread circumstances. So we're not actually right when we assume that something is out of alignment or is in alignment. Essentially, it misreads the appropriateness of situations in which energies that human society would label as unkind are in fact in alignment or are in fact out of alignment. They cause us to act only in our own best interests instead of to find a win-win. Why am I saying all of this? Because I don't want you to do what most people do. Most people think the good thing to do is to take all of those character traits or elements or energies that we might label as unkind and banish them from your being. It's not actually possible. All you're doing is creating further fragmentation and then suppressing, denying, rejecting, and disowning those parts of yourself. And by the way, whatever you suppress gets bigger. So I don't want you to disown these energies. All we're doing when we're practicing kindness is adding energy to the opposite polarities. We're just strengthening those characteristics within ourselves that are associated with kindness, right? So you can sum it all up like this. What we practice doing is taking somebody else's best interests as a part of our own best interests and acting kind accordingly to doing that. Seven, you can mentally kindness flood other people. To do this, you first close your eyes, or if you're in a place where you can't do that, you just bring this to mind instead with your eyes open. After you close your eyes, though, assume you're doing that, you're going to bring to mind somebody or something that you feel absolute love, compassion, and kindness towards. Something that just fills you up with all those warm, fuzzy, caring, compassionate, loving feelings. Now you can imagine that sensation happening in your body, all of those feelings, that energy as having a color, as having a texture, as having a sound. What you want to do is to focus on this increasing and increasing until your entire body is flooded with that kindness energy, that pure frequency of kindness. Then, once you feel like you're just bursting at the seams with that energy, you focus that energy, imagine sending it out towards whoever you want to be sending it to. So you may be walking around a store and you're doing that towards the people that pass you in the store or on the street. You may be doing that towards somebody who sees having a hard time today. Now, here's the kicker. Now you're going to do it towards somebody or a situation in general, the whole situation, that's causing you pain, problems, or challenge. Continue holding and sending this kindness energy into the person or situation so as to flood them with it for as long as feels good to you personally. You can even do this with the whole world if you'd like to. Once you have finished, take notice of how you feel different about the situation or the person than you did to begin with. And stay open to any insights that may arise as a result of doing this exercise. Eight, appreciation scan. Our minds are set to negative mode. Why? Because we literally are wired for survival. That means our brain is hyper-focused on things that might be a threat, things that might be dangerous. That means that we're gonna be hyper-focused on differences. We're gonna be hyper-focused on negatives. Now, all we got to do to appreciation scan is just to consciously redirect our focus towards the things that we would like, the things that we think are positive, the things that we think are good, anything on that positive end of the scale. Play a game with yourself where you scan the world, the place you're in, and every person you encounter, or everything you encounter for what you appreciate about it. What is excellent about them? What do you like about them? What is good about them? What is the same about you and them? Notice how this exercise makes you feel and act, and notice how it makes other people respond to you. 
And I do want to mention that this exercise and kindness in general doesn't just apply to other people. People are really bad at relationships at this current period in time. So a lot of my focus is going to be on how to get you into alignment with other people so we're not creating wars and things like this. However, kindness is about everything. Everything in this external world is you. It doesn't matter whether it's a living being or a non-living being, animal, plant, human, right? All of it is you. So kindness is not something that is limited to your interaction with just people. When you're interacting with an animal, kindness. When you're interacting with the food you eat, kindness. When you're interacting with objects, your computer, your phone, kindness. I'm going to close this episode with a thought that I want you to consider. Anytime people are being unkind, it's because they want to survive. So many people are thinking things and saying things and acting in ways that they think will keep them safe, but in doing so are creating a world that is not worth living in. You could live in a padded room, but is that really thriving? Is it really living? There comes a point where we must realize that to really live means risk. If our protector aspects of consciousness are the ones making all the decisions and dictating our actions towards others, we will make a society that is even more unconducive to human health and well-being than the one we currently live in. So think and speak and act the way you want the world to be. There is no greater sense and reason than this. A being cannot thrive in a hostile environment. A person cannot really live in an atmosphere of hostility. The more aggressively that we try to protect ourselves, the more hostile this world becomes. This means for us to create a world that is genuinely worth living in, a world that is conducive to human health, a world that you can thrive in and that future generations can thrive in, you and we have to care a whole lot more about kindness than we ever cared about personal safety. Ironically, that is the only way that we will all be safe. Kindness is something that is innate to every person. Being kind releases a cocktail of feel-good chemicals in our body, but that kindness potential must be developed as an interpersonal skill. It is a skill that requires serious strength and courage. This is the real meaning in that saying you've probably heard that forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. It doesn't mean kiss the foot that kicks you. It doesn't mean let go of your boundaries and let yourself be stepped on. It doesn't mean don't feel bad, feel loving towards whatever hurts you. These are misinterpretations and big ones of this particular teaching. What it does mean is that you can be brave enough to use your free will to choose the opposite energy. You can meet hostility with kindness. It means to use your free will to choose what you are going to offer the world as different than what the world is offering you. Meaning, your response can be independent of what you are being met with. If you can do this, if enough people can do this, it will be a changed world. It's going to be a hard thing to do, to be the kindness you wish to see in the world when you are being met with the opposite energy, but you're capable of it. And it's time for each and every one of us to practice radical kindness and to lead this practice by example. 
Kindness is, after all, the invisible cornerstone of human happiness. And never forget that there is no act of kindness that is too big or too small. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to share it, like it, and also subscribe to my channel so you can see more content like this. But I want to personally thank you for taking the initiative and having the bravery to step into the space of awareness, not only for yourself, but for the benefit of those around you.